You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother who will be in every episode. His name is Jay. I totally left that part out. (laughs) Yeah, oh, you left that part out? Thanks so much brother you know for for the true host i dare say you might have gotten the other host's name correctly no you know nobody ever said that the 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 one true host needs to be the best host oh just has to be the true host just has to be the true host you think the true host would know the name of the other person and introduce them but i'm just saying i'm just saying i'm not like salty or anything that patreon chose you as the host for now for now for now and for always well until possibly next week you know you never know the numbers might change the numbers might change you're right it could it could happen jonathan lewis carl that's me. See, I know your whole name. Yeah. Look at me. I know you know it, but if you don't say it... <laughs> then they don't know it. Then what's the point? What's Why the... even have a name? <laughs> Why do we even have that lever? <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, that joke in particular, I'm always like, when Cusco pulls the wrong lever, I'm like, why does she even have that lever? So to stop intruders. For you. You're the reason. Like, I, that, you know? Oh, so like when Cusco says, like, why does she even have that lever? Yeah. It's like, for th- for this exact reason. For, for this purpose. exact reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. It, but even when she says it, why do we have that lever? It's like, to stop other people. Like, I don't I don't understand what the confusion is about. So do you not like, if we're talking about the Ember's New Groove for those of that those three of you who didn't get the reference here. <laughs> um, So do you not like this particular joke in the Ember's New Groove? I mean, I like it just fine. I just don't think it makes sense that much like i like the idea that she has it that she installed a lever i guess the what i must assume is that she actually installed the lever for no reason (laughs) okay this is fascinating to me that you have you take such particular issue with this because you and i debate harry potter all the time yeah and whether or not we think that there was like a very clear-cut plan from the beginning and you are always one thousand percent adamant that yes absolutely the diary from the beginning and for always was 100 percent always going to eventually be a horcrux yeah that's right and i always disagree with you oh always 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 you're not sold you're not i'm I'm not sold i mean i think that there's it's kind of like i think there are things that are so much fun for us like when it comes to writing fan theories 
plot holes are your best friends in the world. Oh yeah. Like, because usually what it is, is like us as theorists basically live in a world where we assume there are no mistakes. Yeah. Just further explanation needed. Exactly. And, so that's why I have to live in that world. Well, it's why you have to live in that world. But I think also just as a general realist, I, I have to know, I mean, like, do you genuinely think this or is it sort of like part of your slash our brand that you must always be absolute in this belief because to waver in that would be to belittle the very work that we do. No, I don't think it belittles it. I just think there are too many other examples of planning in the books that make the ones that seem less planned more credible as planned things. Like, for example, in Prisoner of Azkaban, when Harry tells Dumbledore that Trelawney finally, like, gave him, like, a true prophecy about what was going to happen with Wormtail, Dumbledore says that brings her total up to two. And it's like, that's two books before you find out what on earth he's talking about, what the first one was. Oh, yeah. No, there's there's no doubt about it. Like, I think that there are, there are plenty of really good moments where I think the Harry Potter series is best enjoyed in multiple reiterations like mm -hmm. like going through and rereading the books I, I, like i've always said like i wish i could reread the harry potter books again but i almost don't even think that's true like i almost think the true fun is rereading them again mm -hmm. like it's not the first pass it's going through and being like whoa oh. like i never i never realized that they like reference this specific thing so early and it does eventually go on to pay off right um but like there are things like the thestrals you know the fact that there are these carriages that are pulled by nothing yeah. Until Harry can finally see them after Cedric's death, but not immediately after Cedric's death, but like one summer later when he's fully come to terms with it, then mm -hmm. he can see them. Yeah. So point being like at the end of Goblet of Fire, he doesn't see them. And then at the beginning of Order of the Phoenix, he does see them. Um, or how they always call like the Azkaban guards, Azkaban guards. Oh, that's so annoying. Until they're Dementors, that's in just... which case they're just Dementors for the rest of time. Right. That's just writing so that you can introduce them in a spooky way. Right. Which is annoying because it's like they all talk about them in this i don't want to even name the name of the creature i will i i would say that thestrals I, I i would say i'm always steadfast about the diary having been planned as a horcrux but i would i would be okay with the thestrals i would i could believe that thestrals were included in order of the phoenix after her not actually knowing okay but see the the thing about that though is that we've we've talked we've actually made a theory about the giant squid before with the idea that the giant squid is the thing that draws all of the boats across the lake yeah in uh like the first years as they're entering the castle for the first time which I sort of love. Me too. Especially because, is it Colin Creevy's little brother? Dennis, yeah. Who, uh, yeah, Dennis, who falls in and he's like, I was picked up on the giant squid. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, he's so excited about it. So I, I sort of love the idea that the boats and the carriages are being like, you know. Pulled by. Pulled magical by creatures. Magical creatures. Mm -hmm. uh, so when when does Dennis arrive on scene? Is that in Goblet? I think it, it must be in Goblet because Harry misses the first two sortings after his own. Oh, you're right. Yeah. That's exactly it. <clears throat> yeah. They keep having Harry. That's the other thing. She hated writing Sorting Hat songs. Oh, for sure she hated writing Sorting Hat songs. She's like, how can I avoid writing this song? This is a thing I do with J.K. Rowling all the time where it's like, man, how are these books so long? And I feel like it's so frequently that she has to have like an enormous entire long narrative just so you can like get to the point where either something was introduced and then you're far enough away from it that bringing it back up doesn't just seem like I just introduced port keys. Yeah. 
also the Triwizard Cup is a port key. You know, yeah. it's like Goblet of Fire is what, like 800, 750 pages long or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's this absurdly long book. Very early on, we have this manky old boot that just brings everybody to the Quidditch World Cup. And then eventually, 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 yeah. the whole big thing is. Yeah. But I wonder when she's when she's writing like that, whether or not, or when the inspiration to bring certain characters into the fold happens. Like if in her mind, she's like, okay, like I'm going to need like a way to have a port key be something that I haven't introduced before, be relevant to the story. So where could they all go? The Quidditch World Cup. Okay, so let's have this guy, Victor Crumb, be this big character, you know, the big Quidditch, whatever. It's like, oh, I can have Crumb be one of the guys in the Triwizard Tournament. Like what came first? The Oh, I think you start at the end and work backwards. Okay, so you think the greater likelihood is that the Triwizard Cup was a port key before Victor Crumb was in the Triwizard Tournament? Yes. Oh, okay. I think she okay, was good. like, this book needs to end with Harry ending up at the graveyard. Right. And then you have to figure out, okay, so how do I get him from Hogwarts to the graveyard? There's really not a good way. I've said he can't apparate. Crap. How do I work around that? Okay, I'll have this other thing. Port keys. Great. I'll introduce that later. Okay, how does Harry be the one to touch it? Okay, we'll have this Death Eater do this. And you just sort of keep working backwards from okay, there. Okay, okay. And then the Quidditch World Cup is all just about introducing the idea of the international student and the greater wizarding world and because like oh how convenient that floors part vila but they just learned what vilas were at the world cup you know like oh what are the odds what are the odds it's like Uh, hey vilas let's let's have those come right back immediately yeah i've just been reading order of the phoenix and i think in particular you can see this one a lot more because the circumstances she wants to have happen at the end are harry and his five friends end up away from hogwarts at the ministry of magic to pick up a thing only harry can pick up or voldemort but all the death eaters have to be there and the order has to be there and dumbledore and voldemort are going to fight at the ministry of magic like she wanted that particular ending she's like okay why can only why does harry have to go only he can pick it up Hmm, then why doesn't voldemort go so she's like explain that and it's like why does it take him so long to realize that only he can pick it up you know she's like all these obstacles she has to introduce so that it ends at you know in the spring (laughs) right 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 yeah so and and maybe in part you know speaking to the length of a book order of the phoenix is even longer than goblet of fire yeah um so do you think in any way shape or form that thestrals are introduced then because they need a way yeah that's exactly why yeah 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 so so thestrals and port keys both sort of have this like thing that's very consistent between these two books back to back where very early on you learn what it is and then way at the very end it's super relevant okay so going back to goblet though you have the triwizard tournament what do you think is the purpose behind setting up the circumstances where not only harry shouldn't be included in the tournament but that he needs to be so much younger like did she intentionally need for him to be like this obvious underdog like by age does that make sense oh or no the manipulation is that harry never would have been selected right so in order to in order for him his name to have come out the goblet would need to believe that there's a fourth school right of which harry is the only yeah candidate so the age the goblet doesn't care about your age the right. judges have to enforce that no one younger than whatever 17 sure. enters on their own. If Fred and George or something had ever gotten their name in, they could have been chosen by the god because it doesn't care. Okay. To which I say, they're like, how do we walk across this age line? I'm like, guys, put your name on like a hundred paper footballs and just toss 
awesome until you get one in beer pong style. Beer pong style. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, guys. You're thinking way too magically about a very obvious underhand granny shot situation here. You know what I mean? All you gotta do is toss it in. This isn't even that hard. It doesn't. The age line needed to be like at the door. Oh, like you couldn't even enter. Yeah, you couldn't even get near it because like I don't. No one thinks of throwing it. And then even Dumbledore asks him like, "Did you ask an older student to put your name in?" I'm like. Ooh, that was really, that would have been the easy way. Hey, Angelina, could you put me and Fred's name in? It's, Thanks. It's, it's not a very well thought out problem if if someone older than you could just put the name in. I know, like they have this age line. So dumb. Put it in a locked room, put a teacher in front of the door and be like, would you like to sign up for the Triwizard Tournament? Great. How old are you? Sorry, you cannot go through this door. Because isn't it only up for like one day? Yeah. It, no, it's up for it's up for like a um a good while. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it's up okay. for, I think like a couple of weeks even. Okay. Okay. But, but still, I, see, this is the other thing because that makes sense, but they need a way that isn't checked so that someone can sneak Harry's name in. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? Sure, 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 sure. Okay. So next question for you then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what what on earth is the point of Cho Chang? Oh, Ben, Ben. Let me tell you about Cho Chang. You gonna tell me about Cho Chang? Do you have I, thoughts? Can she's you finally? One of my most frustrating characters. Yeah, because Harry likes her for three books. Yeah, you know, and they never get to be happy. They and never. That's get to... what bothers me. Like I think I, I I feel like you're exactly right. Like there should have been a circumstance I think where they date. Yes, like, like where Harry just has a girlfriend. Yeah. And instead you get this like, I, it's it's one of my least favorite chapters of the entire series uh, up with the death day party is the chapter where they go to Madame Puttyfoot's Putty tea oh. shop. Yes. And you just have this whole exchange with like, where you, I can't even like wrap my head around what is going on with Cho Chang and Harry and her frustration with Hermione and how Adam Davies, who's making out with someone right next to them. Roger Davies. Roger Davies. Um, also, Asked I'm imagining this tea shop, which sounds like it is about the size of this room. It sounds like a very tiny shop, and it sounds like literally every table is just making out. Yeah. Except for Harry and Cho. Yeah. I'm like, what is going Like, never have I been in a coffee shop and seen two people making out across the table. That'd be so weird. It would be the weirdest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like n- yeah. Never have I ever been like, you know, hot date spot? That tea shop. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not great. I always like there, there's the time where they're walking from the castle towards Hogsmeade and they're having a pleasant conversation about Quidditch. And I'm like, I'm so happy for Harry in this, in this like quarter mile walk. I'm like, I wanted like four chapters of that. Yeah. Just like, we're in a good mood. Harry met up with Cho. It was great. We had good times. It doesn't have to have been for long. Just like some amount of Harry actually had a girlfriend and had a high school relationship and had to deal with like, oh, I tell Harry or Ron and Hermione everything. Should I tell Cho all these weird Voldemort secrets? You know, that would have been an interesting path to go down. But Cho Chang gets the shaft. I mean, she doesn't get, I feel like she's a cool character and it would have been cool to see Harry and Cho play each other in Quidditch when, you oh, know. Oh, like while they were dating? While they are dating. That would be oh, interesting. you know, maybe yep. that's why they break up. I don't know. Doesn't really matter. Even, even if you wanted to further tee up Ginny, because on the flip side of the rest of this is Harry's love life is weird because Ginny is like, she has like the very classic, you know, just like crush on Harry yeah. from afar mm-hmm. in like chamber. Yeah. Right. And but like and at that point in time, you sort of do for whatever reason, even though it's only like one year's difference, it does seem like Harry and company are like the older kids and she's still like 
a child. Yeah. Like he definitely seems like, you know, they're they're not the, in in the circumstances where dating would like be like something that would that would make sense. But then Ginny just sort of like falls off the radar for a while, like where it would have been kind of interesting to see like a moment where where like Ginny is starting to like I don't know if become jealous would be like the the right way to like execute this, but like starting to introduce her interest by means of Harry's relationship with Cho. With Cho. Because like once Ginny sort of comes into the fold as like, you know, the the candidate, it's sort of just like on fast forward yeah. through the rest of it. Like if anything, and I, I've said this before and I know that like this is like not my pop, like I, this is not a popular opinion amongst others, but you know, what better place to talk about it than here on the pop? Yeah. Is I've always rooted for Harry and Hermione. Oh, you're a Hermione. Hashtag Hermione. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because uh, I, I guess I don't really know why, but I feel like there are all of these like little moments where I feel like Hermione does particularly thoughtful things like for Harry. Like I think one year she sends him like the broom servicing kit, mm-hmm. which to me always felt like a very generous like gift. Oh, you think like, so? Like the way, yeah, like it seemed like everything was like, it was like a heavy package and she like ordered it, you know, special for him from this See, like. I've always been fairly unimpressed by the broom servicing kit. Maybe that's a difference between you and I, like where I would be like, dude, what? could possibly be cooler than a broom servicing than a kit. broom servicing like kit. i would be so excited with a broom servicing kit i i mean maybe great gift maybe i i've always felt like she got it at like it, it sounds to me that she got the broom servicing kit at the wizarding equivalent of sharper image or something and it's just these are all just this is just a gift this is like a wizard gift shop is what it sounds like to me like i don't know that much about brooms but harry has a broom and this is four brooms here you go it's like the gifts you get from your aunt who you see once a year at christmas they're like oh yeah the the boys like sports here's some frisbee golf and you're like well yeah you got i mean it's in the realm of sports but <laughs> there, there is an aisle at walmart that sells these yeah in the in the sports you just, department you, just, you were like well they probably have all the other sports balls but hey you, you, you this is a fun game hmm? right right yeah you've you've talked about like your snowball gifts before and i do feel like there is sort of that category of people who know you're into something but have absolutely no idea how to shop for that particular interest yeah for me growing up i always had like aquariums yeah so for people to it's like it's very difficult to give an aquarium based gift yeah they want to give you like the plastic plants or something and you're like yeah but this is kind of like no one really uses plastic plants yeah well i mean you know you got to go you got to go live plants inject co2 obviously Mm -hmm. You know, you have all you have to have all the right monitors, probes, yeah. you know, controlling apparatus. But so then even if someone got you some some sort of like technical gift like that, I feel like you would just know this didn't really come from them. Oh, sure. You sure, know, sure. that means you ask somebody who asked somebody who is your dad. Who, <laughs> <laughs> who is like, this is exactly actually that very thing did happen. There was one year where um like a family friend gave me a ASM G1X protein skimmer for my mm. birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, the one. The, the one. The one that, that all the kids wanted of back, course. back then. Yeah, every Christmas gift I got, I was like, is, 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 is this is a GMX skimmer? No way, Dad. <laughs> ASM G1X, get it right. <laughs> I've already forgotten. <laughs> 
Anyway, um, you think I have a weird memory for things? It's true. It's You're naming true. model numbers of protein skimmers over there. Hey, it was a, it was an industry standard. Mm. Mm. No, this is this is one of those weird things where um, I I do sometimes feel like because like in all of our J versus Ben quizzes, we always do talk about your like absurd knowledge for all things in this realm. Yeah, and I am sometimes I have been like you know if we just talked about one of the things that I naturally gravitated towards as a kid, then the tables would be awfully turned, wouldn't they? Well, you say that, but I want to say as kids, you were a bigger Harry Potter fan than I was at I, one point. At one point, for sure, I would have said I, I had like my whole bedroom was like adorned in yeah. Harry Potter. Snitch lamp. Yeah, I had yeah, a snitch lamp. For sure. Yeah, it was really great. Grandma gave me a tapestry of like Harry Potter that I hung from the wall. Yeah. I had charms and stuff like like physical, yeah, you know, things. That's a good point. I have forgotten about it. It's like I so it, you've forgotten about it. I, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> exactly. That's I, the problem. I, I, I almost feel like I, grew, I remember your fandom better than you do. Right. Like I grew out of it, and you grew into it. I think is what happened. I okay. There was a girl I dated in high school, and th- I feel like I remember you talking about your situation with Alice, where you feel like you stole the fandom from her like she thought she was a big fan oh yeah until she met you and you were and she was like wow maybe this isn't as fun or whatever that's exactly what happened yeah Yeah. so i remember being a really big harry potter fan in high school like thinking like i'm like really into this and there was this one girl i dated like you could not be around her family without them telling you how many times she had reread the harry potter books like it was like dare you to try and even think of yourself as a fan when my daughter has read these books 50 times each and you're like well that's fantastic but i I am now a full-time Harry Potter analyst. So there. So there. So in, in the in the run of things, what is she a doctor now? Yeah, I won. I won. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just like, I feel like I was not given enough credit at this time. Okay. There is one thing that I will say about people who claim the number of times that they have read the Harry Potter books, and I know that I too have been guilty of this, mm-hmm. is the sheer exaggeration of the number of times people have said that they've read the books. Oh. Because I think this is the type of thing where people would, would be like, oh yeah, like I read the I read the books like 60 times in high school. It's like, no, you did not. Six, 60 is a lot. 60 is so many times. Yeah. Like, I, I think... As many times, because I've always had this like approximation in my head that I've probably read the books 50 times at this point in my life. Um, and I'm sure that that number fluctuates based on like which conversation mm-hmm. we had and when and everything. But I think over the past six months or so, we had one moment at one of our meetups in person where we had somebody come through the line. Yeah. And she like reamed me out because she said, like, I do not believe how often you say you read the books and you still get these answers wrong on the quizzes. And it stuck with me in like the most unusual way and this person's reached out to me and they've apologized so many times so I, I, I am not trying to call you out or throw you under the bus or anything uh, and you were very sweet thank you for coming to our meetup um, but so since then I was like okay it is on and since that period of time, I have gone through and read and reread and reread and reread the Harry Potter books in like the past six months. And I've probably read all the way through, I think, five times. Wow. Since that happened. Impressive. Yes. Yes. Well, that is that is very good. Do you, I think there is a, a setting in Audible where you can look and see how many times you've read any given book. Repeat listener. Let's um, see here. Listen. This says, I, I have the medal unlocked for repeat listener, which is you've listened to the same audiobook at least 10 times so that must have happened at that, least that's got it i don't know if i can look at the settings per book can you i know that? it's so I'm interesting to find out so my listening time how, well actually i'm curious do you have your listening time in front of you on audible um hold on let me pull it up let me 
me pull it up. Let's see how many times I've listened to any individual book. I just had it though. Hold on. Let me pull it up again. Is it okay? What is your total listening time on Audible? Okay, so I'm I'm super curious whether or not this takes into account the fact that I listen to books at two times speed. Okay. Because if it doesn't. Like, if it doesn't account for that, then I have, like, read in book length time. You know, like, if it takes, like, 12 hours to read Sorcerer of Stone, I read it in six. I think it is giving you six hours worth of time. For, for that. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I have 22 days, 18 hours, 51 minutes. You child. What do you have? I have two months, Whoa! four days, 11 hours, and 58 minutes. Goodness. There you go. Wow. Okay. So you listen way more than I do. I think so. I think so. Although this is probably, I mean, this is my lifetime on Audible. And I think I was into audiobooks maybe before you. Certainly even before we were doing full-time stuff and I was just listening to Harry Potter, I would, I listened to like all of the Game of Thrones books and much of Sherlock. And I don't know, my library is pretty big in there. That's true. That's true. I do think that you've listened. Man, I am, I am actually kind of blown away because I like, I would say every single drive I'm on and like all weekends when I'm like, you know, doing yard work for the entire day, Uh I have headphones on and I'm listening to books. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It could be the case that maybe, maybe my two times speed means I'm covering more ground faster. That's probably what it means. Um, yeah. Like you're not getting the list. I mean, you're just covering more books. It should still be the same amount of time. Listen. The same amount of time, but yeah. I, I suppose probably the, the amount of reading you're getting out of it yeah. would be dictated by the number of books. Well, oh, fascinating. Well, yeah. you have absolutely crushed me and set aspirations guys. Now I need to know, I'm sure that we're going to get like absurd numbers, but you have to email in to popcornculturepod at gmail.com what your audible uh, listening information is. Yeah, I am curious to know what is, and if you want to access it, all you have to do is go to your uh, profile. It's the top left thing. Click me, and then that'll bring you to listening time, and you can click total from there. How many of you have listened to more than two months worth of books? Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Yeah. That's exciting. Speaking of yard work, Ben. Okay. So this past weekend, I had to mow my yard for the first time at my new house. Whoa. I know. I moved in in December, and this is the first time it's called for it. And once, uh, let me ask you, how often have you gone to get your lawnmower out for the first time after the winter break, and it has just not started? Or has that ever happened to you? That... That has happened to me on a couple of occasions, but I would say it's maybe once or twice. Once or twice. This is, I was fearing this particular chore because I was like, there's just no way it's going to start. There's just no way. Because this is the sort of thing I have bad luck with for whatever reason. I went out and I could not get my lawnmower to start. And And you know, it's one of these situations where your capacity to solve the problem is pretty limited. You know, if it's not that the blade itself is stuck on grass that's caked on there, or the filter just needs a little cleaning out, or it needs gas, that's about as much as I can do. Did you have to drip gas into the carburetor? No, I didn't do that. I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> you would uh, you would drip gas, you would take the filter off, and then drip gas into, like, effectively the hole. All right. I didn't do that. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Didn't did you, did you ever get it started? No, I didn't. However, our father lent me his lawnmower uh, to, so I could mow the yard, which it desperately needed. Yeah? Yeah. Did you bag it or did you just like sort of use the, the tosser? Self-mulching. Self-mulching. Yeah. Okay. I don't, dude, if I had to self-bag it, one, I don't know where I would dump it because there's not a real obvious spot at my new house for dumping okay. your grass clippings. And two, in my experience, when I used to bag grass at my old house, which had a significantly smaller yard, I still probably had to empty it 
three or four times, if not more per mo. Sure. Yeah. Sure. This, I mean, that this would have added. I would have had to do it at like fifteen times easily. You I do mean, have a, you do have a considerably bigger yard now. Considerably. Yeah. 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 It took me well over two hours to finish mowing the whole thing. And let me tell you a new problem I've never suffered before. Let's hear it. Is that when the way you grip the top of a lawnmower handle, uh, you have to hold down this little bar. Yeah. Right. And as you know, as you're mowing, uh, the whole thing vibrates the whole time. Yes. Yes. Let me tell you, not visible to the naked eye, but do I have a a bruise across the middle of my palm on both hands. What? Yes, it is so annoying. Like, have you ever bruised the palm of your hand, Ben? No. So frustrating. I most certainly have not. It, yes. Well, Are you sure you were doing it right? I am positive I was doing it right, Ben. <laughs> I have mowed many, many lawns and uh okay so i i'm gonna need to know more about this because i do think that in general you have not exactly ever read to me and it could have been because your previous house wasn't really set up in such a way that it was a big deal as like a yard work kind of person mm -hmm. like it's never really seemed like like i i almost do it for fun right well, I, like, I look forward to it sure um and i have like all of my like matching tools and like my routine and the whole yeah. bit um your house is now in like the most prominent location in your particular neighborhood i am in one of those houses that needs to look good yes yeah, yeah. like the whole neighborhood is represented probably in some way i by could your affect house. property value <laughs> for other homes what an enormous amount of responsibility does how does that feel well the thing is when it comes to yard care is that that until I owned my last house, it wasn't really a massive concern. Right. I mean, we lived at our parents' house. If dad made us do yard work, that was normally just meant that we couldn't do what we wanted to do. Sure. It was like, hey, you're going to come help me move mulch. Have a good weekend. Ah, uh, great. <sighs> there it is. Uh, and then, you know, you're in college. Even when you and I were living in the house together and like renting, it was like, we mowed, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't our responsibility to make the landscaping look good. No. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think like when you're, when you're renting a property, um, it's, it's a much lower, you're mostly doing it because like, if it's like actively just getting absurd, it's kind of like, well, let's go fire it up. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, then when I got to my, the, the house I lived in prior to my present home, the, the yard work wasn't like the yard itself, as far as like mowing wasn't very big, but it was like a three-tiered yard from like the, the front yard was right next to the road. Okay. And that was about it. It was just this narrow strip. And then the backyard had another narrow strip that was, then there was like two steps into the upper backyard, which was also a pretty small area. So mowing itself didn't take long, but there was shrubbery and bushes and a thousand different kinds of fauna, it felt like, growing out of every which crevice and cranny. I mean, you helped me work on it several times and it was just a war out there. It truly was this is the type of thing where we would go to your house i would like show up with like chainsaws yeah plural yeah uh like weed eaters mowers like clippers of all varieties so i mean you would go nature. back there wail at it take like truckloads to the dump of just pure waste and it would still be like man we barely made a dent it was just outrageous. and it wasn't a big yard it wasn't that big i don't someone was just determined to cram in stuff so i feel like i inherited a bit of a mess i cannot use that excuse anymore more because the person who owned my current house before me uh was immaculate yeah <laughs> they yeah, were yeah. very good at it the landscaping is nice but i feel like 
I'm excited about it because they're like, I can take care of it. I can do this. I know I can do it. But man, there is a certain amount of like manliness that I, I felt like in a bad mood all day because I couldn't get this mower started. And I'm like, this is one of those weird checks that feels like I am not, I am not much of a man right now. I can't even get this lawnmower started. Oh, I wouldn't you think know? that at all. Oh, I, I mean, maybe certainly I shouldn't. It's like, I don't know how to take apart a lawnmower and it, you know, it's just been sitting there. What was it supposed to do? Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trouble yourself at all with that. I don't think that's a particularly big deal. Mm. Um, this is like one of those things though, that when you moved into that house, I very quietly, we were talking about like how I stole Harry Potter from from Alice. Yeah. I've been like, I don't know what, like, because you're always good at stuff once you get into it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen if Jay gets really into yard work and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, steals my glory. Uh, I'm not trying to, I wouldn't be trying to steal your glory. Oh, but you will. But I will. But you will inevitably. Yes. Oh, goodness me. Yeah. I do think my yard will necessitate more tools. Oh. You know, I certainly am going to need like a leaf blower now. And I think I See, I probably should have bagged, though, because the lawn was so thick that the self-mulching thing was not not effective because it's too clumpy. Too clumpy. Too clumpy. Way too much clump. Way too much clump. It works once it's short, and then it just mulches back into itself. Right. And you're on top of it. But the first round, which this was, pretty clumpy. Pretty so we'll clumpy. See. Yeah, yeah. Got to yeah. be careful with those clumps. You do. This you is, do. okay, this is one of those things where last year I got like one of those um, robot mowers. Oh, yes. Like, that's like, that's a, it's kind of like a Roomba, but for the, your yard. The brand deal that wasn't. <laughs> the brand, <laughs> the brand deal that never did. Um, <clears throat> this was, this was like one of those really strange things where a company reached out to me and they were like, hey, we would like to send you, you know, uh, this particular mower and they're pretty expensive. Right. They are. So I was like, okay, like I would, I would totally do this in exchange for, for posting about it. And it came out and I was like, I'm pretty like on top of my yard. Like yeah. I, I spent a lot of time with it and, um, my yard died you, from the mower. But I believe so. I yeah. believe so. I, I mean, I, I don't exactly, I've never been able to like totally pinpoint whether or not it was because it was like a super dry summer and everything just dried up. Um, but one way or another at the beginning of the year, it looked great. And by the end of the season, it was like, I was like, I don't know how to fulfill this brand deal because like I literally can't post a before and after of my yard because it is that stark of a difference. Right. Like, so it, it looks worse. It looks worse. Yeah. I remember, I feel like you were stressing about it so much because they kept emailing you saying, where's the next post? And you were like, I'll send you what it looks like now, but it's worse. That's exactly what was happening. Yeah. I was like, and I remember I got on the phone with like engineers like from their department that were like supposed to help me explain like why it might not be working and things that I could be doing differently and it's like my own personal troubleshooting had already gone so far beyond mm -hmm. what anybody was able to deliver to me but yeah no i mean this is it was it was like an unpaid brand deal that was just purely for product and the whole time i mean i lost so many nights of sleep over it because oh, wow. i was like yeah i felt so bad that sounds like people pleasering I, it is plaguing you goodness me okay. popcorn culture is sponsored by shopify Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a 
fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab and that's where arena club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack but it's for a pre-graded card now i know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see but you can also request them to be sent to you at any time so they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do but whether you're buying selling trading or displaying arena club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out and right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Okay, so I have to talk about this because it has been like this biggest realization, but at the same time, I'm afraid it's making me a terrible person because it's I have because, like- No, it's the same thing circling back on itself. It You're is. the snake eating its own tail right I now. I am, I know, and it's killing me. Like, I feel like I've had more negative interactions with people in the past, uh, maybe like two to three weeks of my life since I've realized that I had this like knee-jerk immediate instinct to live inside of this like people-pleasery world. Mm-hmm. And so what I keep trying to do, and I, I mean, I'm making like an active effort to do this is like stand up for myself in more situations than I think that I typically have before where it's like normally I would just say something and or if somebody was like you know said something that directly competed with what I was saying or the way that I viewed the world or something it's like there's really no need to like fix this right now like what's the trouble and causing a fuss over it Mm -hmm. um and so I'm what I'm discovering is that I'm like I'm so bad at it and I've always wondered my whole life. I'm like, I've got like, I've got like good tact, you know, like I'm good at communicating with others and being friendly and being likable. And like, you know, like that's, that's an asset that I might have. Yeah. And now what I'm realizing is like, the problem is that like, it's not a skill if all you're ever doing is a, like agreeing with what if I, all other... you're ever doing is taking on responsibility. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that like, I've had this massive sense of like fear or loss of identity because I simultaneously, I've always felt like the type of person um, like that. I, I didn't worry that I would like put people off necessarily. Like right. I, I could, I could be easy to get along with. And now I'm like, man, now I feel like I'm simultaneously not being easy to get along with. By causing strife, I've I've like wanted to respond to like mean comments. Oh, and still shouldn't do that. Still shouldn't do that. Yeah. I know that's one of those things where I'm like, is this one of those moments? Should I try it? And that's the other thing too. Yeah. It's like I, I don't know the circumstances right. when you're supposed to. So for me, in my mind, it's just been like a switch flip yeah. where it's like instead of letting everything wash over you and never causing a fuss, it's like the exact opposite. It's like cause a fuss every single time. <laughs> <laughs> like you're overcorrecting. I'm overcorrecting. Yeah. I need to find I need to find that happy little like middle ground hmm. that works that works a lot better get mean comments what you should do is just for either delete them or block that person yeah no and in general i mean you know this about me like when it comes to sort of like our digital presence i definitely try to keep myself uh at a at a helpful arm's length mm-hmm. at most times from any circumstances that might bring you down because I, I we've talked about it before but there's this like one comic strip once upon a time where it was like a guy gets up after you know sleeping through the night and he checks his comments and like all the comments are like amazing beautiful wonderful like you did such a good job this yeah. was so funny and like the like the very like last comment like in bright red is like you suck and then like as the day like you see the person going through their day and like all the positive comments are slowly popping and like by the time you get tonight the only one left over your head is that like dark red you suck mm-hmm. and I don't know what it is about this like I, I don't know why criticism takes such a hold when positive comments don't like i feel like it's so easy to think anybody who said something nice about you it's like easier to assume like that they're either just being nice right right because it's like oh they're just being nice but it's not like they're just being mean exactly yeah 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 Yeah. and it's like it's it's such a different thing like so you you let these these like negative comments take hold in such a way uh that it's it's just so 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 much harder to escape from it and i i it like makes me so sad that that's the case right i always think about this from like a um like developmental thing from like an evolutionary standpoint Mm -hmm. like what is the evolutionary function of negative reaction or um 
like remembering negative things. Oh, I'm not sure that's like an evolutionary thing. No, I like it's like it's learned behavior. Okay. Yeah. I I think it is injured. I bet here's my theory for why it might stick on you in particular as like a people pleaser sort of person is because you can't even fathom being mean to somebody. True. In a general situation. So, like, yeah, I think I would bet that your brain is doing the mental gymnastics of what would someone have? Someone would have to f- offend me to such a level for me to be mean to them. So, what must I have done that has offended to this person to such a level that they're being mean? I must have been terrible for them to be mean to me because I. That's what it would take for me to be mean to someone. Right. 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 No, I think yeah. I think you might be exactly right. Like I'm like I'm like the bar to have said something this terrible is so like high. Surely they knew my intention was never right to 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 cause this. Yeah. Um. Which yeah, I mean that that's the thing. But then it's it also it pulls in such a a strange question of like um like intent versus impact, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is such a, a, a like highly scrutinized thing in today's world of the internet. Yeah. You know, where your voice can just like travel and travel and travel or not, you know, depending yeah. on, on the circumstances and, and the relationship associated with um, having the kind of audience that we do. Um, but like the, something that happened to me over the weekend is they announced for the Mandalorian that they have cast Ahsoka Tano. Oh yeah. Which like, to me, I was like, whoa, what a ridiculously cool thing. Like this is a character and I'm not even into, is it Clone Wars? Clone Wars. Yeah. So I'm not like a particularly big Clone Wars character, like a fan, but I love this character of Ahsoka. And the whole time that like the, um, sequel trilogy was coming out i was like oh they're gonna bring her in at some point and it's gonna be like so sweet right you know like the total you know um like anakin's foil or something right and so i see this information and i'm like yes so i go to retweet it and then i guess it turns out that the the woman they cast in this particular role there there's like been some like negative press with over the past several months and or not past several months like i think in last october recording this in march um and it's one of those strange things where when you go to try to, to like figure something like this out, it's like, did I just inadvertently, you know, show support for something that makes other people like feel small in some way? Right. You know, or, or did I just like cause impact with no intent? Right. Um, and it's so hard to know because it would feel so innocuous to me. It's like, oh, Ahsoka, finally. Like, right. that's what I was excited about. Not like the casting call. But of course, the post that I said is the casting call. Right. Um. And so it's, it's such a, it's such a hard thing to wrap your head around. And I, and I have no idea whether or not I do this to others as well. Like where they may, like if, if I'm so much more in the know about a particular thing and somebody shares it and then you see yourself sitting there being like, oh man, like I, I wonder if they knew right. when they shared this. Like, right. am I being critical in the same way that the people who were in the know about this casting right. felt? Does that make sense? I, I think it does make sense. Yeah. Like if you're just excited that they are casting a live action version of a character you like. Right. And it's like, great. Is it, and you're wondering, is it your responsibility to know the entire potential uh, track record and news log of the actress who was- Who was cast. Cast as them. And it's just, yeah, it's tricky. Because it, you, you want to feel like, well, if, if there was such a big deal, then how are they even still getting jobs? Oh, I know, you but know? that even that's even a conversation that's like you don't want to step into. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to step, I'm afraid, I'm sad I even said that. I don't, you know? <laughs> That was because because everyone will have an issue with somebody on that. Yeah. But. Yeah. 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 So it's it's just it's tricky because I do think that we hold we hold everybody um, to like a different 
kind of standard right. uh, in order to like make sure that they're that they're managing and that they're properly vetting you mm-hmm. know their digital voice at all times right and I think that like when we started our original uh, YouTube channel for Super Carlin Brothers and we did this sort of like Brotherhood 2.0 Vlogbrothers-esque year all of a sudden I do remember having this like massive sense of vulnerability where it's like I could say something and all of a sudden like you know way down in the future if you were to go back and like look at that particular comment it's like wow Ben like the world is like you're always going to look at it through the lens of today even though I said it in 2012 or something right and the kind of vulnerability that comes with that is just so I think for the longest time it was so hard for me to get past that idea Mm -hmm. of like what if I accidentally say something like that's just out there that's just out there it's gone Mm -hmm. out into the world it what actually specifically reminds me of the time when I accidentally uploaded seven straight minutes of just raw footage of me in our old basement. Oh man, should have left that up. I'm so glad we didn't. I'm so (laughs) glad we... So, uh, have I told this story on the pop before? I don't think so. Okay. So, once upon a time... Uh, I went to export my video for the evening and I guess I clicked like the media file that I was editing off of Yeah. instead of your freshly exported final product. Exactly. And so I upload this thing and this was probably maybe had like a thousand subscribers at this point in time. It was pretty early on. I, I would be willing to bet someone listening remembers this happening. Oh boy. Um, but basically instead of uh, posting my video, which I, I had not like reviewed the clip after I exported it, which I never would have either. Like this yeah. was, you know, I, I mean, having made, we made 260 videos in the first year. You know, I, at this point in time, I've made 110 videos or something like that right. like, as an individual. Yeah. Um, it's never happened before. So I remember uploading it and I would refresh the email on my phone and it would like tell me how many like, you know, comments that we got. Right. Like, Cause it would be like, oh, you have 12 new emails or whatever. Yeah. And it was like, oh man, this one's doing well. And I remember like refreshing it a couple of times and I was like, wow, I'm getting a a lot of activity on today. Like I must Unbelievable. have, I must have really like hit the nail on the head. And then finally I opened up one of them. They're like, uh, is this a joke? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I didn't, I didn't talk about anything controversial today. And so I took a few of the other ones and they're like, oh my God, he has no idea. And I'm like, oh no, what did I do? Yeah. And so I immediately, like I, I pull it down instantly export, you know, and, and upload the official video. Um, but sure enough, I had several people tweet me and be like, I recorded that ah. like before before it went down, oh, so it's man. gonna save that for a rainy it's out day. There. But like, this is the type of thing where early on, when you start talking to a camera, you kind of have to get comfortable with it. Yeah. Like, you know, you're in a basement by yourself, and and for me especially, who I usually read off of the facial expressions of others, um, the camera gives you nothing. You know, yeah. it's, it just sits there. It's this little black eye. Yep. And so at this point in time, I'd gotten pretty comfortable to the point where I'm like completely exactly who I would be by myself. So like, I would make like my hand fart noises in between things you know I'd like sing to myself might burp in between takes or something and this is all just what you upload and this is just all what I, I'm like guaranteed I've never watched whatever it was that I uploaded it was like seven minutes of this but um I know that it was just horrifyingly oh boy, embarrassing I hope, I hope someone has it I hope they don't and oh. I would never watch <laughs> it it would be the most cringy thing I could imagine mm. oh yeah, that sounds pretty cringy. Yeah. Yeah, that's frustrating that that happened. I'm sorry that happened to you. That's okay. Yeah. I only blame you for making me get into this whole world. <laughs> yeah, sorry you had to suffer through that half hour of life. But it's interesting to me that... Did it have a lot of views when you took it down? I think it had like a thousand. Man. Yeah. 
which I think was it more than usual? By far. Yeah. So that's interesting because it means that people must have started sharing it. Oh, yeah. You know? Right, right, right. Right away. Yeah, if it was like, oh, this is even more. Well, I forgot about like every, every day I would wake up and I would check my email and I would do the same thing and be like, how many emails did we get? And if it was like 15 emails, it'd be like, oh, whoa, that was a really good video. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. yeah. Like 15, 15 emails. Wow. 15 comments. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Craziness. Yeah. No, it was, uh, that was, that was exactly the measure that I think in the, in the opening year that we used mm -hmm. to determine the quality of a video. Exactly. Yeah. Much has changed. <laughs> Much has changed. <laughs> Much has changed growing up here on the YouTube. Oh my goodness. We haven't talked about the coronavirus at all. We haven't. This far in. Yeah. So we are, uh, we shut down the office last week. We finally got on that train. Yep. Yep. After, after recording the podcast, which I would say it was amazing how much changed from Monday to Wednesday. Oh, I know. Yeah. You know? I mean the whole thing, um, the way, the way that it's been unfolding. So yeah, we haven't been in office attempting. I, the, the good news is on our front that we can still continue to do our job in some capacity with very minimal human contact. Right. Um, so we really don't have... Uh, as great of risk as so many do when it comes right. to this particular problem. And the, the other good news is like, you know, Alice, for example, you know, she sells wedding and prom dresses and proms are all canceled. Right. And, you know, so like she's staring down the barrel at having just bought for like her biggest season of the year. And now no one to buy. There's no one to buy because there's no events. And then even once everything clears up, like there's a reasonable possibility that there might just they might just not reschedule proms. Right. So it's not even like, well, we're going you know, to survive for two months. And then eventually it'll all come at once. Man, what a bummer if you're if this was your senior prom or something, though. I've thought about that. There are so many situations and it. I think you, you keep hearing new stories about things you haven't thought of before where like you know weddings are being canceled mm -hmm. and you're like oh my gosh you know like we like Allie and I just got married earlier this year and it's insane to think you know that we missed it by that much you yeah. know like I can't imagine having gone through all that planning only to not have not to only to not be able to go through with our wedding oh that would have been oh, you're right gosh and that it really it had started by then I know just not in America yet although that said I'm not convinced I didn't already get the coronavirus Ben Goodness me. I'm not convinced that of all places, Disney World might have been exposed to it. And that might have been what actually swept through your wedding like crazy. I mean, of course, we have absolutely no basis for that whatsoever. But absolutely no basis. The, the, uh... It was rather bizarre because yeah, we got we all got to the wedding, and I mean, over fifty percent of the people who attended my wedding ended up getting a version of the flu. Yeah, and so it it was hard not to imagine that like a highly contagious flu was going around. Who knows? I mean, who knows? Um, that you know, I I suppose the the only good news on the front is, can you become immune to it? I, feel I like don't know. Okay. In okay. my head, that's how it works. <laughs> if you got it, you're good. You're good. Right. Yeah. Um, but so how, how has like self quarantine been going for you? Like, is there anything particularly difficult, unusual, like, are, is there anything that you've done? Well, so the tricky, the weird thing is that we of course have Luke at the house. Right. And we have the twins in the NICU. Right. So Beth has to go see the twins every morning to try and like breastfeed and do their care times and do skin to skin and stuff with them. Right. So that's a portion of her day. And 
while she's been doing that, we've had someone come over to the house just for the morning so she can go to the hospital and someone can watch Luke and I can go to work. Right. But now I have this coronavirus situation where we're not going to work, but I still need to do work. Right. <laughs> we still have work. So person's still just been coming over and they'll just watch Luke and I'll just work also at the house. Oh my gosh. So that's been tricky. Have you have you tuned into anything? Have you watched any shows? Is there anything you've gotten like particularly? Um, have you gotten like any, have you been productive? I Yes, I do think I've been productive. I think in many ways I'm more productive when I'm solo. Interesting. Because let me tell you, uh, a huge motivating thing for me and huge motivating thing for me is being able to stop, is being done with work, uh -huh. like finishing work. So when we come into the office, it's like eight to five or whatever. Right. Just about, you know adjust as needed for the day but if for example at my old job every now and then as like a hey morale booster thing my boss would walk around and be like hey finish up everything you need to do today and just you know take you know you can leave when you're done with your stuff and like the the fire this would light under me was tremendous you know like oh because all of a sudden you're like get everything done and I get to leave. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like, oh, space out. Oh, this is what I have to do today and I have to do it by five. All right. I know about what pace I need to go, you know, whereas if it's, this is how much I need to do today. And when this is done, I can not be here. Then get like, if you like that to me was hugely motivating. I'd be like, yeah, I can knock all this out in about mm, 30 minutes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't sure. need to spread this over four hours now. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, which is, it's so, it's like weird to me because you think as a good employee, you just want to do it all. And if you could do it with all this in half an hour, why wouldn't you? Then you'd be done anyway and you could start working on more stuff. Right. Yeah, but that's not how it works. So I think like uh, working at home, I'm like, these are the things I am literally capable of doing from home. It's like this list of things. These are the things I need to do by the end of the day. And if I can finish this list, then great news. I can work on something I want to work on or do something else. So what's what's been happening at home is that as I finished off my to-do list for the day, then I've been just streaming online, which I still feel like is um, just really fun work. <laughs> but yeah, it's, 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 like, still, it's still work adjacent. Yeah, I'm not like abandoning my post or anything. I'm not like, well, that's it, I'm done. But I'll get to the point where I'm like, there's not really anything else I can do. So I'll do this, which right. is still interacting with people. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, and it's always fascinating to hear the way that you talk about like your former job as mm -hmm. well. Uh, because I think having been self-employed my whole life, I've never been done with work ever. Right. Like it's like when you leave for the day, it just means should I have stayed later? Right. I'm going to feel guilty about that until I get up and go to work in the morning. And right. This is the luxury of being employed rather than being the employer. Sure. For sure. And it it is nice sometimes to be able to turn it off. Although I will say I, I would like that that was like a short term thing. There was I think about this all the time, then it's somewhat comforting to me is that if I'm ever really stressed about things at our job here, if I'm able to sleep through the night, I'm like, I'm still happier than I was. Because I think there was probably a two year or so stretch of time where I would only get a full night of sleep every other night. And largely that was just because the night before I only got half a night of sleep. So, so, so I was so tired. Right. Yeah. But I would like look forward to that. I'd be like, God, I can't wait till Wednesday when I get a real night of sleep again. <laughs> because I'm so exhausted. Because I'm so I exhausted. Goodness. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that was that was where it was at. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, However, I will say, I think I think everyone should have to work in an office for some amount of time because you just learn a lot about working. Yeah, but see, the funny thing about that though, I've I've always felt like we've we've had and maybe not disagreement on this particular topic, but like 
because you've worked in a proper office and I haven't, mm -hmm. I have always felt that you have felt that your upbringing in the world of professional business mm -hmm. is the correct way mm -hmm. versus my upbringing in self-employment is the wrong way. Oh no, I don't, I don't think it's the, uh, no, that's, I don't agree with that. Well, so I think, I think for me, like it, it's always the type of thing where being self-employed, the advantage of it is that you can assign your own schedule. You can start and stop when you need to. I think for me, I'm aware of the fact that I never feel done or complete with work. Like mm -hmm. you always, and I think that that's part of it. Like, you know, if I left work at three o'clock to go ride my bike or whatever, it would just mean that that evening I would just continue to mull over all of my objectives and, and whatever I had going on. Sure. Um, and so I think that it's sort of like, you're never, you're never clocked out, but being inside of a specific space from a specific span of time no longer becomes essential to like completing a full day's work. No, I, I don't, I don't mean like in terms of like whether or not you can turn it on or off or anything, just in terms of like learning, like how offices function in like a, in like an efficient way that isn't obvious. Okay. In like even even the like there's an art to like writing emails and stuff that right when I got there I would get emails from people and they would freak me out and I would be like I don't know how to respond to this and I, I don't know what to say like they said something am I allowed to be like mean back or what I felt like was mean and it just took like a good while to become really accustomed to what is the appropriate way to respond to emails in a fast prompt way and like what is people being you know quick because they have to send 200 emails today sure stuff like that or like scheduling meetings and how conference calls work and stuff like that. Like, you know, just so, just regular office practices. Sure, 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 sure. And I get that. Like, I know that I've showed you emails before and you're like, oh, no, this is normal. And I'm like, what? Like, this person is clearly being malicious right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure they're screaming at me. Oh, and my gosh. The first time I ever got an email in, in like, a real business setting with the, with the three letters FYI in uh -huh. it, I was mortified because... To that point in my life, FYI had always been like an FYI, like, you know. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Like, know. for your information, listen up, son. Yes, that is that was exclusively how I understood the phrase, the, the acronym FYI to be used, which okay. stands for, yeah, for your information. But it became, so when I got it, I, whenever I saw FYI, I would be like, oh my gosh, I, like, I've totally messed up. I've been totally, like missed something here i'm in trouble but fyi in the business world is literally just like hey so you so you were in the know on this right it's not it, it was never like uh fyi you totally dropped the ball it was always like "Ooh, here's updated information fyi we're moving the start time of this concert from eight to seven right right, right, right. yeah it wasn't yeah. like fyi you messed up and it's actually eight and it needs to be seven it was just like no here this is for your information so you have the information <laughs> just yeah yeah just, yeah <laughs> literally actually actually for your yeah it, I, yes it was like i was like oh is that how that's used okay wow okay yeah mm. Mm -hmm. I, I done did me a learning. Yeah, but it's yeah, it was like the, the acclimation to stuff like that took some times. Interesting. Okay, so last last closing thought on uh, coronavirus <laughs> that I think has been strangely in in the oddest of ways, like one part of it that has almost been calming to me mm -hmm. is the realization of how frequently my actions are being driven by this subconscious inclusion of myself like in the quote unquote rat race. Like the idea of like how often you need to be using like spare time to be getting ahead mm -hmm. or like 
you know, I don't know, like the, the, the greenest yard, the cleanest cut grass, the nicest shiny car, like the Dursleys effectively, you know, like, like the parts of my brain, which I would not say is the entirety of my driving motivation for anything, but I would say that it's not none, but like when the whole world is in shutdown, it's almost kind of like the sense of like, no one is really getting ahead right now. Like it's almost like we pressed pause on the game of life. It's sort of what it feels like. Yeah. And I think that that has been something where typically for me, for several years now, I haven't really had quite the same capability to just like sit down and like binge watch a show and feel okay about that. Yeah. And I do feel like there's been more of that where it's like, you know what? I really can't do anything else right now. Like, so when you say like the the greenest grass, the shiniest car, is that is that stuff you've been working on more? Because no, no, no. Had, no. No, like it, it's almost like it's okay to not currently be putting energy or effort into oh, okay in, into those things I because see. like because there is this collective pause, right? Like because everybody is like agreeing, like, hey, no no one's making progress right now. It's all good. The, to me, this is one of the most interesting things about the coronavirus is what effects the quarantining of ourselves will have once it's all over right what things will people realize were non-essential what amount of self like i feel like people are probably doing a lot of self-growth right now yeah i feel like there's a lot of self-improvement happening a lot of like like the creativity of bored people has been unleashed upon the internet it has been in like a like whoa everyone's hilarious and so creative and funny right yeah Yeah. it's like what do you do when you have no like you posted something i think today or retweeted it on twitter where it was like a family who was like locked in at disneyland's resort or something like that and so mm-hmm. they just like created the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Right. Like from either their home or condo or the hotel room they were staying in or yeah. something. And it's amazing and it's hysterical. Yeah. It's like they, they've got like all these scenes of them like sitting on like a little like sled on wheels, like rolling through and they're wearing like their mini ears and Mickey ears. Oh, yeah. And they're it's like, like sitting down in the sled and like taking selfies of themselves, like right. getting on the ride. I was like, so perfect <laughs> like you got like all the things in uh, you, you look understand yeah that's exactly it we'll be sure to link that in the show notes so be sure to check it out down there yes um, yes absolutely but no i think i think you're right i think that there's going to be a lot of things that um become the new normal like i think i've, I've wondered about this shaking hands do you think that shaking hands might like cease to be a thing because this is something that like normally in like in high school for me i would walk down the halls of my high school and in between every class i would give a high five shake hand secret handshake like with everyone i knew Mm. i probably gave out 200 high fives a day in high school right like literally interesting um and now to me it's almost like the idea of like reaching out and physically coming into direct contact with a another person mm. feels horrendously inappropriate do you think there's gonna be yeah there's the, is there like a like a emerging germaphobic like mindset that will settle as the new safer way whereas people people might have been willing to throw caution to the wind on a handshake but now it's like why would i ever like, when why, there's another way to greet people why risk it why risk why it? risk it yeah there's so that's i think that's a big one and and you've seen people forever like i feel like there's like the the, the stereotype um I, I would even say beth your wife is someone who has always who I think forever since I've known her has had hand sanitizer on her. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, is that a fair assertion? <laughs> yes. Which, Beth, thank you so much. Absolutely have taken you up on it hundreds of times. Yeah. Um, But, like, to me, that almost feels like a thing that 
like may, maybe Beth was an early adopter, like think, where it might be much more common for people to just be carrying it. Well, so this is, I, I've been seeing so many people, there's been a lot of office and Parks and Recs memes going around. I'm not sure if you've seen any of these, but are people saying like, how would this show, how would this episode of Parks and Rec have been if it was about the coronavirus? And it like describes what would happen to every character and in like a really, you know, funny, humorous way. Sure. Yeah. The one I, the one I was reading through that I thought was funny that I feel like will actually emerge as the sort of like regular thing was in in this episode or whatever uh ben wyatt would be like it turns out i was always in like he would have been someone who always operated as if he was in quarantine anyway oh sure i already wash my hands 20 times a day and use hand sanitizer and don't touch people or something right 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 you know i feel like that's the sort of mindset that might start emerging a little bit more clearly as like are people just going to start washing their like because it because when you think about it it's like there's never this is always just good practice well and that's the thing yeah so i remember when the and i feel so bad saying this now but like when when it first started coming out i think but like the thing that was driving me crazier than anything was all the people tweeting at one another being like just wash your hands it's like guys we're adults like i don't need other adults telling me to wash my like i wash my hands 20 times a day like Mm -hmm. whatever like like so many times a day i have hand sanitizer at my desk it's like you're being a bit condescending and now i'm like guys wash your hands like for (laughs) real for real wash your like as many times if you're thinking about it it's probably time to do it again (laughs) like and so i feel so bad because it was one of those things that i think right as the onset was coming out there were people who were probably a couple steps ahead of me in terms of how far along they had gotten in accepting it yeah um the other one for me is taking shoes off at the door yeah this is totally not something that we've ever grown up with i don't think mom and dad were those people that were like walk in shoes off you know so i most of the time i just i wear my shoes the whole day like they never come off shoes are off right right now. now i know i'm not wearing them right now I, this this is not something yet. Yeah, it's certainly not something our parents instilled upon us. But as an adult, I just came to my own conclusion that I don't like wearing shoes in the house. Yeah. Um. One largest because uh, we've talked about this on the podcast, maybe even on the first episode. Might ever. have been. Yeah. But uh, one, it's just it's a great way to get dirt everywhere and the stuff you were walking on outside around your house. But the main reason I don't wear shoes in the house is because I don't find shoes to be more comfortable than being barefoot. <laughs> so yeah, that that does not that doesn't play me at all and i think i come in and out of my house while i'm home constantly like i'm really? I, I'm not sure if like i'm going in and out more often than other people but like yeah i would say i walk in and out of the house it would seem like i don't know i don't mean throughout the course of like a day from being home from work i bet i would leave the house again four or five times hmm. i would say i step back outside the house few enough times that I, it doesn't even warrant putting the shoes on right well okay you so know? i thought about that like, before too i'm just like, going to the garbage can so i'm just gonna go barefoot or in socks or whatever right right but so i've thought about that so like everybody's like a great big concern well not everybody's but i think some people's concern with wearing your shoes in the house is that you're also bringing in everything you walked on right outside but then if you walk bare foot is that like the double double down like even worse worse like what's worse wearing your shoes inside your house or walking barefoot outside your house i think wearing your shoes inside the house is worse yeah okay interesting yeah well because when you're barefoot for one you are a lot more careful about the things you step upon because you can hurt the bottom of your feet sure so you'll stay on like i mean not that there's less germs on like asphalt or sidewalks or something but you're not going to step in like dog poo or something dog poo. but my my 
thinking is that, and you're not going to go very far barefoot either. So if no. you're wearing shoes, you can go a lot further and gather a lot more germs. And also shoes often have like treads, which can get more stuff stuck within them. More stuff Whereas, stuck. Yeah. That's my thought on it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. but, but Beth, on the other hand, like if it was up to me, everyone, you just take your shoes off when you get home. Shoe, home is a barefoot place. Home is a barefoot, <laughs> home is a barefoot place. place. Which it is largely been becoming, but for Beth, and she'll make this argument, is that she feels more like she's um, on and able to do work. Like, like if she's barefoot, she may as well be in pajamas. You know, it's like she's not. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, yeah. yeah. And I like, I understand that's sort of how some people must operate. Like that would say that if you're a, a quarantine person, and you're having to work from home. Rule number one of working from home is you still have to get dressed for work. Oh, that's interesting. So like yep. still, still like get up, shower, yes. get dressed for work. Do as, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do like, everything the way you would. Hey, pajamas are great, but you're not, it's, it's, that's not, you are going to be less productive in pajamas. I, I think that's true. I was going to say, you're probably not going to make many friends by suggesting that people still get ready because it's so much easier not to. No, this is just um, a helpful tip. Helpful, helpful tip. tip. This is, this is not, this is not my opinion. This is just accurate. If you work from home and you're like, man, the advantage is I get to work in pajamas. You're new to this. Let me tell you, I worked from home for a year when we started Super Carl and Brothers. And tip number one, you got to still get dressed for work. Okay. I okay. mean, hey, we wear jeans to work every day anyway, so it's not really like a huge deal. We, 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 it's like casual Friday every day. Yeah, and yeah. I already take my shoes off as soon as I get to the office anyway, so it's not a real big deal there either. But I still feel like we need to have formal Fridays. Where you it's like formal, the, the it's, reverse. It's the exact opposite. Yeah. We're on Friday, like we all wear like a suit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I object, but... All right, well, that's fair. Okay, well, since we didn't do it at the beginning of the episode, let's go ahead and toss in a corny joke before we close out for oh, the hey, day. of course. Hey, Jay, how did Darth Vader know what Luke got him for Christmas? Oh, uh, how did Darth Vader know what got him? Oh, I feel like I can get this one. I don't know. He felt his presence. Uh, oh! oh! yes, yes. Uh, okay. Fantastic. And since we didn't actually have one in last week's episode, I'll do too. Oh, what boy. sound does a witch's car make? What sound does a witch's broom that's exactly correct yes broom 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 i got it outstanding outstanding fantastic oh man i I do love the good corny joke i mean who doesn't who doesn't love a good corny joke i do not appreciate people online being like i love how you guys have all these dad jokes i'm like no these are corny jokes that's a completely different thing completely different thing 100 yeah um but guys if you would like to find a way to support the pop we Mm. do officially have one of those jay and i are always arguing over who gets to be the official one true host one true host of the pop and who's like you know the co-host or something (laughs) really the other guy the other guy who's just also on every episode it's like you have the one true host and the other guy yeah who's it's like you gotta have someone to talk to right yeah i mean someone's got to talk to someone right exactly so what what is your alter ego i feel like you came up with a clever jesse j oh (laughs) (laughs) that's right jesse j and buzzy b buzzy b asking you guys to figure out uh if you want to help vote uh, to see who is the official official host uh, we will do our absolute very best to keep track of it but you can go to patreon.com slash popcorn culture we have three tiers one of them is the buzzy bee tier one of them is jazzy J. <laughs> whatever and then the other one is just no host no host at all no host it's just two guys talking two, two dudes talking yeah who knows where the conversation could go <laughs> Both no, are- no structure or anything <laughs> Total, total, total mayhem. chaos. If that's the kind of podcast you want to listen to, where two guys meander through a conversation aimlessly, then sure, no host <laughs> might be the option for you. But be be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who knows what that would look like? 
Otherwise, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Hope everybody is handling quarantine really well. Be sure to wash your hands. Yeah, do and- it right now. Do it right now. Even if we're, even if you're listening to this five years into the future and the coronavirus is like, remember the, remember the coronavirus? <laughs> wash, just wash your hands right now. Yeah. What's it gonna hurt? Nothing. Nothing at all. Exactly. Until next time. Bye. Pop pop.